Hello, my name is Gil, developer of uh, Streets of Rage 2 Beware, and this is the Sega Launch. Welcome to the Sega Lounge, where we celebrate our love for all things Sega, including the games, the music, and the community. I'm your host, KC. Join me as I talk to different guests and learn more about their projects and passion for Sega. Welcome to the Lounge, everyone. I'm delighted to have you, and I hope you enjoy your stay. Our reopening, meaning our first two episodes, were really really well received, which makes me extremely happy because it means you guys were craving for more lounge content. But it's time we put our retrospectives behind us, where they belong, and start inviting some guests on the show. So let's get to it. This week I'm joined by G, aka G Soros, aka Gilles Costa, developer of Streets of Rage 2 New Era. Listen on to get to know this software developer who dreams of getting his HD port of Streets of Rage 2 picked up by Sega, and to find some interesting tidbits of information about the whole process of developing, not only New Era, but his several Streets of Rage related tools, hacks and mods. Hi G, welcome to the Sega Lounge. How's it going? Thanks uh, for the invite. Uh, it's all, all going good. Uh, waiting for the winter to to go away. It's really, really cold. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. It's cold and dark. It, it's cold and dark. That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's not not our usual sunny weather, of Portuguese sunny weather that we're used to. Yeah, and so it's very nice to have a fellow Portuguese on the show. This is a, spe a special occasion. Let's leave it at that. So it's very nice to, to talk to you today. And you're here to uh, discuss your project, Suits of Rage 2 New Era. We'll talk a, a little bit more about that. But I'd like to start with your like background as a gamer. So um, when did you start playing video games? Uh, how would you describe your first experiences with video games? Let's travel back in time. Yeah, yeah. I can uh, kind of des describe the path that led me to Streets of Rage because why Streets of Rage, right? Because it's like, uh, why this random game? <laughs> and it is it is strange. Sometimes I even um, I think myself, uh, why did I end up here? And uh, I never had a, um, a Mega Drive or Genesis. Actually, I never had had one, so uh, even more strange, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had a, a NES, and um, my cousins had a Mega Drive, and I would go uh, to their place and watch them play. <laughs> and there was this game, right, The Streets of Rage, that uh, impressed me a lot. The music was amazing. And uh, but I couldn't play. I was a bit young, and uh, they were playing, and I couldn't. But uh, I wanted to play it, 
but never had the opportunity to. And years later, when the emulators came out, when I was like maybe 15, 17, I don't know. Um, well, I discovered emulators and uh, uh, avenged myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how, yeah, that's how I started uh, playing Streets of Rage, uh, the, the three games. Mm -hmm. But you were a gamer before that, right? So you, you said you had a, an a NES or SNES? Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, the the game I played the most at the time was uh, Super Mario Bros. Three. Was the the game that came with the the NES that my parents bought. And actually, that game is interesting because that that cartridge, um, I think it's a rare one because it has a debug feature. And um, yeah, this debug feature you can open your inventory and uh, press select and you can uh, loop through any item that you want to use. So you can use anything. And yeah, the first uh, few times that I played the game, I will just use the power on every level and uh, just fly through it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then then that uh, debug, tool, debug feature actually uh, allowed me to to explore the game a lot, like uh, in very different ways. Like it was, I, I didn't have like maybe I had like uh, three or four games that were interesting that I would play, and uh, that one was the, the best one for me. And uh, I would play it every day, and every day I would create a new challenge. Like today, I will uh, beat the game only uh, with the uh, mushroom. Next day. Uh, we'll play it only with the uh, frog suite, all levels with frog suite. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. So you, you would create your own challenges, right? That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something Excellent. that I always uh, love in, in games, and you, you will see the connection later, mm -hmm. uh, is um, the ability to uh, create your own content or your own story or um, being creative, um, the the games that I uh, enjoyed the most were the ones with uh, level editors, where you can you could build things, and I would always explore them to the very limits, like trying to do things that uh, the the engine wasn't built for, but you can figure out ways to to do it. Um, there's, for example, there was this, uh, this is later on, right, with the uh, PC games. Mm -hmm. There was this Just a Rabbit 2 game, for example, that had a level editor. And there was um, some unused things in that uh, that you could access with that editor. Things that were not finished, and they mm -hmm. just left, left it there, and I <laughs> explored it, right? And made things uh, work very strangely yeah you, you can create you can create some crazy things like there's there was these trend meals and i would put um, boxes moving on them um, and create levels around that 
with mm-hmm. explosions that will break the boxes. A, a lot of things that weren't meant to be. Uh, weren't supposed to happen. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So that's where that, like the developing bug came from, right? Because you, you uh, are actually a software developer right now. It's like, is, is your full-time job, right? Yeah, I'm a software developer at Minifin. Uh, worked yeah. there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I um, did uh, games on my own much earlier. I started maybe when I was uh, 14 or 15 um, mm-hmm. with uh, something that was called uh, the Games Factory. Mm-hmm. It was a program that you would uh, uh, be able to create games without any coding. Um, but there was like... Uh, uh, you will define like conditions and uh, what happens when those conditions uh, are verified, mm-hmm. and you could create some some interesting stuff with that. Uh, but before that, yeah, since when I was very young, because the access to games were a lot more uh, limited, so I would uh, see, for example, the the, the games that I would see on uh, my cousin. Um, I would see it there and then I would come home and start drawing levels or uh, uh, creating my own game uh, in paper. So um, I think that's that's uh, there that it started. Mm-hmm. And then when I uh, learned uh, the program to code, it was in, in the um, college mm-hmm. on the 10th year of school. So I had uh, the first uh, course with uh, programming. It was on Pascal. At the time, I would pick the, the train uh, home and uh, uh, to commute to the to, to school. And mm-hmm. when I was waiting for the train or in the train, I would be writing codes uh, on, on paper. Um, I didn't have a, a PC of my own at the time. So I, I, it was like a PC shared with my brother. <laughs> so I will have to wait for my for my uh, uh, time Your twice. Turn. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I will write everything on paper, uh, cre- creating all the things that I wanted to do on paper. And then when I have my slots, I will just put everything on on the. On the computer and uh, compile and uh, hope that it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, it was an uh, amazing experience to learn these uh, these skills, right? Coding mm-hmm. skills without any help of the of the software. Yeah, yeah, and no immediate response as well, right? You had to like write it down on a notepad. But everything, wait for your turn on the PC, yeah. hope for the best. <laughs> and if something went wrong, maybe you didn't have enough time to fix it then, so you had to go back to <laughs> writing and then again the next day probably. So that's different times, right? Now people have like devices that they put on in their pockets and take everywhere. They can do amazing stuff, so different times. Yeah, you have to think a lot ahead, right? Exactly. It's not just what's happening now. You have to plan everything. You have to, yeah. You have mm-hmm. to have all everything in your head, basically. Yeah. In your head or in the paper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
anticipate the result and because there wasn't a, an immediate way of <laughs> doing doing things on the computer because you didn't have access so yeah uh, not not even a laptop that you could take with you right so some people right. sometimes we need we see people like in trains and, and, and coffee yeah, shops and, and, no internet. and exactly exactly no <laughs> access to the internet yeah different times yeah excellent excellent so that's how your love for gaming and your love for programming like intertwined here cross paths right and mm -hmm. and also became a a job profession for you um you mentioned you didn't you didn't have a mega drive you didn't actually play streets of rage until later on when you got access to emulators so what about streets of rage I don't know if a specific Streets of Rage game or all three. I don't know which ones got stuck in your head the most. But what about those games were so special or was so special for you that, you know, you, you years later you had to go back to them, play them, dissect them. What was What is it about Streets of Rage that's so special for you? Yeah, it's a good question because uh, when when I uh, so when, once I got uh, access to an emulator, I didn't try only those games, of course, right? And I played other games, and somehow only uh, these three games stood more than the others. And uh, yeah, why? <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> it's difficult to, to say why I liked those the most. There's something special, especially on the the second game. The first is is very good as well. The third is uh, tricky; it's challenging. Um, but the first two um, have something special to it that is difficult to explain. Mm -hmm. um, the mechanics, even though the the, the game, the both both of them uh, are a bit uh, like the controls are not very responsive uh, when you play it. It's, it's old games, right? But uh, uh, even with that, that that there's something special with that that creates a feeling, a pace, a, a, a pace that fits very well with the music, fits very well with everything. Um, it's a, a slower pace, but it's a pace that gets gets in you or something in some way. And like everything connects, right? You go from mm -hmm. one enemy to the other and to the the next part of the stage and it's all connected. It's like a very nice chain of events. Yeah. And the feedback yeah. that you get from playing, right? When you hit someone, uh there's this really impact feel um mm -hmm. The, the hit sound, the the hit, the the pause when when you hit, uh, all that that works really well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So were you a fan? So you mentioned Super Mario Brothers three. Were you a fan of beat 'em ups like Streets of Rage on other systems? And then when you started playing PC games as well, or not really? You played what you liked, whatever game. Uh, strike your fancy, or or were beat 'em ups really the the thing that you liked growing up? 
maps, the PT maps started with the uh, Sister Fridge only. Uh, before that, uh, it was more like actually before. Uh, so before uh, um, the having emulators, I played uh, other PC games, and I was more into uh, strategy games like RTS, okay. mm-hmm. um, especially those with uh, editors. So Age of Empires two had uh, a level editor, a map editor. Mm-hmm. Empire Earth also had a map editor. And I used those a lot. But uh, even without the editor, I just enjoyed playing them. Uh, it's, it's still a kind of game that I, I like to play. Having the editor was something that made the game even more fun because you had that the challenge of creating your own things and levels and maps and stuff. That The creative bug was there already, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I think uh, the Streets of Rage um, thing started more when uh, when i had the opportunity to to do something for the community because uh, before that and um, before that i actually the first game i wanted to well the first game i did a lot of small smaller games um, before uh, university which were more like uh, clones of uh, simpler games like pacman uh, tetris um, the Arkanoid games. I, I did a lot of those and the um, shooting maps, like, uh, uh, you know, like space shooters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will do a lot of those uh, in, in, the, in that uh, The Games Factory program. I was more into platformers, actually. Like that uh, Jazzic Rabbit 2 was a, a game that uh, marked me. And I wanted to create uh, some sometime when I went to to the university. I wanted to create um, a platformer that would mix uh, mechanics from different games, uh, from Sonic, from Mario, from uh, Just Rabbit. Um, that was my idea, and I haven't created uh, an engine for that. Uh, it it worked more like uh, um, something to learn about because I never did anything with that engine because it's made in Java. Um, but uh, I, uh, that was the first engine I I actually made game uh, the first game engine mm-hmm. um, was a good experience to learn and it was uh, meant to be a platform. Uh, an engine for platform games, but platformers. Yeah, that was the idea. <laughs> but uh, then, what? Then what happened? I uh, um, went into the uh, found out about the Streets of Rage community at the time. It was the Sor Online. Um, so there was uh, these forums and people mm-hmm. talking about the game, and I found it really. Uh, Nice to be there. And, yeah, with, uh, with Mr. Were... Din, right? Exactly. Exactly. Former guest of the Sega Lounge as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he told me. Uh, that was, um, yeah, so I met Mr. Din there, and he wanted to create uh, a Streets of Rage game. And uh, 
I was, I, I thought about it like, well, I like self-rage and uh, I'm a programmer. So that's great. Why not? I was thinking more on a, a platformer, but uh, Streets of Rage will do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And from there, from there on, uh, it was Streets of Rage all the way. Okay. Okay. So you, before actually you started working on New Era, uh, Streets of Rage 2, New Era, uh, you did other things like mods and stuff for Streets of Rage games, right? Yeah, I did a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all that started. Um, so I played the game like every day, uh, the three games, one or the other, Switch, uh, but uh, because I have this, um, I don't know, this uh, way of um, going deep into things and uh, figuring out, I, I love to break games. <laughs> Let's be <laughs> direct about that. I love to break games. I love to find bugs. I, f I find it super funny when you, you are able to make it do something that is not expected. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, we, we talked about that, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, since I played uh, a lot of those games, I start and the emulators also uh, make this super easy because you have save load state and you can even um, play it frame by frame and uh, mm -hmm. be very specific. You, you can go after the bugs. Uh, you, and the, here, the, the programmer mentality also helps a lot because you know, uh, you know where to look, like mm -hmm. uh, what can the developers have missed or things like that. It's like what are the edge cases that I can explore and uh, see if, if it breaks it. <laughs> and, uh, Often I, I will think like that, like, what happens if uh, uh, I draw, uh, actually that one was, was like accidental, <laughs> but uh, um, then, yeah, what happens if I do this and uh, I will try to see what happens and often I will find bugs. Um, okay. And it was a lot of fun finding bugs, breaking the game. Um, that's how I started on YouTube. Then I, I started having interest for those codes that breaks the game, right? You change mm -hmm. bar GG um, codes that you can put there and it do things to the game. Um, started exploring that. Um, but still before going deeper into hacking. So at, at those, that time, I will just do that, like uh, try random codes and see what happens. Because I didn't really have any uh, knowledge about uh, hacking or reverse engineering mm -hmm. for those games specifically. Um, going a little bit uh, back or sideways, maybe sideways. Uh, so uh, within, I was... Uh, I started doing the evolution engine. That was the first uh, bitmap engine that I created. Mm -hmm. It was in C++. 
and 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 it had a lot of editors as well for uh, to create the the characters and the the, the backgrounds the levels but uh, in in the end uh, it was a bit it's the endless problem of uh, developers uh, you you reach a moment that uh, you look at it uh, well this could be better uh, here and there this is starting to be too complex and difficult to handle okay uh, i'm doing something uh, that is uh, more than what is needed because uh, yeah this thing like uh, you, you want your code to be you want the the the, the program to be um, ready for everything like what if uh, mr dean decides to add this well i think if this is cool he will need this and you add support to that but it wasn't needed right you spend a lot of time doing these things and if you don't stop you just end. keep going and, and it'll never be finished right yeah exactly so yeah the, that project project was uh at, then at uh at some point i decided well I'm going to start this over. <laughs> That's another <laughs> common thing from uh, developers. And why? Because I wanted to add uh, support for uh, Netplay. And I know that uh, you have to have that in mind from the beginning. You can simply uh, build your game and then, well, mm -hmm. now I want to add multiplayer. That doesn't work. That doesn't mm -hmm. really, really, that doesn't work. And I think that's that's why yes, Streets of Rage uh, remake doesn't have netplay, even though they tried. But they tried after making the game. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I decided to start it over. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't. Uh, I didn't continue with that for for long. And then, uh, but because I had something to show, people saw the things that I did. Uh, I met this guy, uh, Red Crimson. It's mm -hmm. from UK, and you guys uh, had, had already had a lot of knowledge about uh, assembly, uh, Motorola 68K, and uh, street, he had he already had uh, these assemblies for the Streets of Rage games, especially for the second and the third. Um, and he came to me and uh, said, well, I, I saw what you did there, like the editors to edit the characters and so. And they, he asked me if I could do something like that to, to Streets of Rage, to, 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 to the ROM, like uh, to visualize uh, what's in the ROM. But that was a very nice contact because, uh, yeah, that's, that's great, right? I'm a developer. He has the knowledge of the game, the the internals of it. Let's let's do it. And that's where I created those uh, tools, the pancake tools, because I didn't have a, a better name. I just what, what I'm going to to name this. Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, let's let it be pancake. I like pancakes. It's nice. I think it's a nice name. <laughs> yeah, so there's this uh, Pancake 2, which is for Streets of Rage 2, where you can edit your 
uh, edit all the, at least the playable characters. Later on, we added uh, all the other characters with uh, with a hack that uh, mostly developed by Red Crimson. Did uh, the same for um, Streets of Rage 3. I did a generic voice editor that uh, works for other ROMs, not just for Streets of Rage. Um, I think, um, uh, ah, yeah, also later on, I also developed the uh, spawns editor. So you can see the spawns of, on each level, you can edit it and create your own levels, uh, spawn, spawns of the levels, not the art. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a great fun. Um, and also with that, of course, I, I learned a lot with him, with the Red Crimson. He shared with me the, his assemblies. And uh, I had some knowledge about uh, assembly, but not uh, Motorola 68K specifically, but it's not too different from uh, from other assemblies. So I it wasn't too difficult to learn it. Even though it's not my specialty, so I, I still today I still look to uh, sheet sheets to see what uh, the, the comments do. Uh, so you've mentioned a few tools that you created. Are they currently available for uh, other people to use? Yeah, they are. They okay. are, and uh, a lot of people do, did hacks with it. Uh, I did some hacks with it, but much more were done by the community. And there are still people using it. That's fantastic. So basically uh, boosted there the modding community for the for the games. Okay, that's nice. So um, after the these hacking experiments, I did other uh, other game, let, let's say beat him up. I wanted to start a, a new pt up game engine. This idea never went away from my, my head, and uh, eventually I had my break, and now I'm ready to do it again. And and uh, learned uh, with new things. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was when I, I did my move to Unity and decided to do a, a pet project, an experiment. Just to see how how a beat'em up could be made in Unity, the first experiment was exactly that. It was like using exactly what Unity offers you to make a, a beat'em up, and I did it uh, quite quickly, and it was quite good. You would uh, change everything on the editor. You would uh, you didn't need codes to to to, to build your character, uh, the, the move set of your character. Later, there's this back to the streets. This is the last one before a uh, new era. <laughs> then I started this uh, back to the streets uh, em up engine in Unity with rollback. Uh, so the game, uh, the uh, deterministic engine, very techy. It was a very techy <laughs> engine because uh, again, and what it, that was the, the problem of it again. It was too complex, it was too generic, it would, it allowed you to make everything, not just beat-em-ups. And the proof of that is that uh, I used that engine uh, to make other games mm-hmm. as as proof of concepts that okay. uh, it worked. I, I kept doing uh, hacks 
Mm -hmm. There's for each hex uh, every now and then. That's fun. But uh, that was a lot of work. And uh, it, it is really difficult to make hacks, to make mm -hmm. uh, mods. It's, it's super tricky. And it's easy to break things. Um, and you are limited by the, by the original hardware. That wasn't being as fun anymore. Uh, like you, I want to go further. I, I want to do more. And I was already uh, hitting the limits. And then I started thinking, I have a lot of knowledge on, on the original assemblies. What if I make, uh, like port, ports this to, to a technology that I'm more comfortable working with? Then I, I couldn't do everything I want, right? Yeah. You're not limited by the original hardware anymore. Yeah, yeah. But I was a bit afraid because there was a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of things that I don't really, didn't really know how to, how it worked. For, for example, the, the backgrounds, that's another thing that I never did. Um, and was thinking on uh, investing more on that. The, like changing the art. Uh, of the backgrounds of the Streets of Rage 2. I, I never did a, an editor for that because I didn't know yet how that works. Okay. So that was a, a, an unknown. And when I decided to start uh, New Era, that was uh, September or August, actually, August uh, 2020. And I started development on September. Um, my idea was like, uh, let's let's just start and see where I can get. Because I didn't know if I could port it completely or if I could just port uh, some of it and then maybe build uh, around that uh, with my own uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, just try and uh, see, see what happens. Mm. And it went uh, well, right? It went well, yeah. <laughs> and I learned a lot with the, with this process. I, um, like in in a, maybe three months, I already had uh, almost uh, three or four months. Maybe already had the the actually maybe six. <laughs> I already had the first level, almost everything there, and from there until having everything. It was just uh, painful work <laughs> of the, because uh, you already have everything uh, structured there. Uh, you, now you just have to port the that was that's what took longer porting the AI of the enemies um, took a lot of time because they are like okay. 20, 21 or twenty two enemies and their code is is uh, a mess. Um, it, it's it's a lot of uh, duplicate. The, the game, the ROM has a lot of duplicate code for them. So clearly, they did the, the way they worked was like they developed one and then copy paste and edit okay. on top of that for all the other enemies. That's why it was so tedious because it was all, always almost the same thing, but it there was always some difference slight there that variation. Yeah, that you don't know um, where it is, and uh, 
So I just did a blind spot of everything instead of trying to understand everything completely. Mm-hmm. That would be more work. So I just, just did a blind uh, translation. Otherwise, I, I was afraid I would miss some detail. Um, yeah, so it took a lot of time. And it was very, like, sometimes I would be, like, imagine after work, at night, porting this, it's always the same thing. I was very sleepy <laughs> doing the, this process. And the porting, <laughs> the, all the porting process was manual. So I would read the, the assembly code and uh, translate it to, to C sharp. Yeah. And code the, exactly the same in C sharp. Um, and uh, the resulting C sharp code is very ugly. Because of that, <laughs> because it's a literal translation, so it doesn't use modern uh, constructions. You just do jumps, and mm-hmm. that's it. And it is interesting that some parts of the code that I translated, I still today I don't really understand them because I didn't, I didn't spend time understanding everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I will just do this blind translation. I don't know what I'm translating, but I believe that this will work. This will, yeah. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> yeah. But with all this process, I learned a lot about the game. Mm-hmm. And all the game is built. I, I have like this uh, impression of what was the developer's ideas, how they, how they evolved as they were doing the game. Uh, because you clearly, clearly see differences in, for example, some enemies are better coded than others. And you can, you can see this evolution, right? That when they started, they also didn't know uh, a lot of things they learned with the process. And you get all this information from, from the Romans. Very nice. Excellent. So for people who are not really familiar with the project, you already mentioned its support to modern platforms, but it's not just a simple port as well, right? So there are some enhancements, some improvements. Would you like to talk a little bit about what features uh, you included here? Because in time, you also improved upon the, the your original project, right? Yeah. So the main goal was just to port the game, is having exact same experience that you have on the original hardware, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, on the modern technologies. That was the main, the core goal. But of course, once you port it to modern technologies, you have access to do changes. Mm-hmm. And all the changes um, are, are in the beginning. This, this was something that went more with the process, like, uh, well, what what if I just change this and see it, it will be a little bit better? Why not? Yeah, why not adding this? <laughs> and that's how it started. Uh, then came this idea, well, let's make a two version, two game modes, right? The classic and mm-hmm. the 30th anniversary uh, with this changes. So in the beginning, we, we talked about uh, how, the, how these games were kind of slow. Uh, the 
input response is a bit slow. Mm-hmm. And that, that was one thing uh, that was improved. Uh, if you notice on Streets of Rage 2, when you punch in the air, or even if you hit enemies, it doesn't matter. You punch, and after punching, you want to walk. You have to wait a bit. Like, after the punch, the character just stays there for a little bit, and then and you are, are already pressing uh, one dire- yeah. direction, and he mm-hmm. stays there, <laughs> and then he starts moving. <laughs> so that uh, delay doesn't... Didn't, didn't really make much sense to me, and so I just uh, uh, made it much more responsive. Mm-hmm. You punch and then you move. Why not? <laughs> but there's there's a lot of small uh, details, small fixes, small changes that uh, people won't even realize. Very, very, very small things. Uh, and bugs from the original that, that you won't imagine. With this process, we... Uh, well, I already found a lot of bugs before, right? And I thought, I I think I all the bugs of the game are known. No, they aren't. Uh, still found new bugs with this process. And sometimes it was very annoying because I was testing the game or someone was testing the game and would find a bug. And uh, man, I, I did something wrong here, right? But then, no, uh, if, if I went to the original game, there was the bug also. So, ah, this also happens on the original. And that started being the, the process. Whenever someone finds a bug, first thing, check if it happens on, on the original. Mm-hmm. If it happens, it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. But for the <laughs> third anniversary. Okay. Yeah. But okay. for the third, actually, it's, it's a good thing. Like, oh, it's good that it, it also has this bug. So it, it, the, the port is, exactly. uh, yeah, well done. This is a, this is a perfect <laughs> port. Yeah. Yeah. Something is I uh, for the 30th anniversary mode. There is this, and this is kind of a, a, a spoiler for some people that uh, don't know about it. And it's one one of the achievements. Um, on level seven, um, if you have a Jack dropping six knives, then the robot's boss. Uh, they don't hit, they can't hit you. And this is because on the original uh, artwork, um, the knives are taking all the memory uh, okay. space and the bots can't use it. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, yeah. And I, um, for the 30th anniversary to begin with, I didn't have this bug. Mm-hmm. But then people, oh, but, uh, we want this bug. It's a good bug. <laughs> okay, so yeah, from there we decided that uh, let's keep all the good, the good bugs, just remove <laughs> the bad ones, and make the good bugs features. So I exactly. had to okay, code, yeah. yeah, I had to code specifically uh, this bug for this mode because on this mode it. it it didn't happen by nature because there's more memory available. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so I had to specifically put code there that if there are six uh, items, then the bosses are uh, doesn't hit you. <laughs> <laughs> and so to clarify, so did you fix all the bugs that you, you and other people found in classic mode as well? Or did you keep the bugs in classic mode and just fix them for 30th anniversary? In classic... In classic, all the bugs are there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. 
And on that the 30th anniversary, uh, we fixed uh, most of the bugs. Okay, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. And my, yeah, when I said that uh, I made uh, uh, the good bugs uh, to become features, features. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't kidding about this. There's another very uh, famous bug, which is the handshake of Doom, uh, in which uh, if you if this happens in multiplayer, when you have uh, two players, one on each side, it doesn't matter if they are on the same side or not. If, if you have two players hitting two enemies at the same time on the same frame, uh, uh, they die, <laughs> basically. Okay. <laughs> it's like enters in a loop okay. of hits and they, they die. This is a good bug <laughs> for players, <laughs> right? And we might use yeah. a feature. And uh, later on, um, I had this idea to add a game mode that uh, um, explores this feature a, a lot. So it, it's a game mode based on this feature, on this bug that is now a feature, okay. uh, which is the, and you unlock this, this, uh, these modes by achieving, uh, there's an achievement that you, mm -hmm. you beat and you unlock this game mode. And this game mode is the Ninpo Kajé Bunshin. Uh, it's named after the, what the ninjas say when uh, you jump and they go away with shadows. Um, okay. Yeah, this game mode, you, uh, besides your player, you also have three shadows. And those shadows also hit the enemies with a split delay. And, yeah, because it's like having four, you are controlling four players. If you hit multiple enemies, there you, you get the, the bugs. Okay. <laughs> so this game mode has a lot of that. It's a feature now. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. But uh, some of these things, like these uh, Nimbukaja Punching game modes and uh, there's also harder difficulties than Mania. There's a Mania Plus and Mania uh, Mega Mania. Um, these were done more like uh, experiments or uh, proofs of concept that uh, other things can be done with the, with the engine. And I just didn't do more yet because time. Mm, Otherwise, course. I have a I have a lot of ideas that could put okay. in practice. But right now, some of actually many things have been implemented. Also something big, widescreen support. That's important. It's like not probably not the most I don't know. I wouldn't know, but probably not the most technically uh complicated, complex thing you've done, but one of the things that many people will notice about this port, obviously, is is widescreen support. I don't know how complicated it was. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming not much, but I don't know. I'm not a developer. Um, yeah. Um, I actually I thought it was going to be easier. Okay. <laughs> there are some yes, there are some details to it that um, 
because it's not just making it wider. There's a lot of things that I didn't talk about initially, and then when when the testers tried it, they would find things that didn't were weren't expected. So when you have a, a wider screen, the first challenge was the the backgrounds. The backgrounds are not made uh, were not made in, a, in a thinking on this. Um, you have to show more background than. Than before. You don't stretch the background. You have probably to create more content to fill in the background, right? Or either create or uh, or, uh, or just the just the show ratio. more. Just show more. Just show more, and uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes it wasn't clear how much more uh, I need to to display because the backgrounds mm -hmm. in Streets of Rage Two are made in patches. Uh, like uh, it's yeah. like square patches, uh, and uh, I just have to draw more, uh, at least okay. one more to the left or to the right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then there's a lot of uh, some places that uh, needs a specific treatment that uh, is not very nice for uh, for me because I have to have these specific things in the codes or specified it somewhere. Uh, for example, sometimes you want to center the screen. Um, let, let's say, for example, on, on Vehelitz on stage three, there's this uh, Vehelitz thing that is the like uh, the monster inside the okay. amusement amusement mm -hmm. park. And uh, in in the original uh, um, original screen, uh, it is centered on screen. If you just stretch, if you just uh, increase the size, you increase the size to the left and not to the right because there's there's the limits where you can walk. So increase to the mm -hmm. left, but then the monster is not centered. So I had to change the limits where you can walk to to go to be more ahead. Yeah, th those kind of things. There more are challenges some, of some challenges, some minor challenges that. Maybe people didn't consider it at first. You can didn't consider it at first. Yeah, no. spawns uh, in these spawns. Uh, as since you you moved it to, this is more in the so the the elevators are the obvious uh, places that uh, are a bit more tricky. Actually, uh, actually, it's not exactly that uh, on the fourth and. Uh, the, the the fourth level and the eighth level, um, the elevators have that space, and you just uh, make made the screen wider. You see mm -hmm. more background, but the playable area is the same. It's the same. But on stage seven, it's not the case. On stage seven, you you don't have a wall to the left. Actually, there is one off screen, it's, but it's uh, hidden. It's hidden. And um, as you make it bigger, uh, it's hidden and it's just a it's off logical wall. Yeah. It, yes, it's a logical wall. There is no oh, yeah. art for that. Yeah. So when you make it bigger, you make a, a bigger art playable area and you move that uh, invisible wall to the left as okay. well. And now the enemy spawns also have to spread along those this new area. They they shouldn't just spawn everyone spawn in the right to the right. Mm -hmm. So tricky at times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Awesome. And the uh, scrolling, stuff. yeah, the mm -hmm. scrolling also the, didn't work the same way. Okay. For example, on, on stage six, uh, you went with the background centers, uh, the back layer uh, centers uh, with the front layer on a specific point. And when you, I increased the, the size, it won't center. So I had to to make some adjustments there. Okay. Excellent. So, G, let's take a quick break from talking about the project to talk about something else. Every time someone comes on the Sega Lounge, not sure if you knew about this, hopefully not, we do something called the Sega Lounge Challenge. Now that you know our guests, it's time to put them to the test. It's the moment we've waited for and the moment they dread. Welcome to your doom. I mean, welcome to the Sega Lounge Challenge. <laughs> so I thought to myself, you are probably, uh, not probably, definitely after our chat, you are definitely a huge fan of Streets of Rage. You are very knowledgeable about everything the code, every little detail about Streets of Rage. And since you uh, are working on Streets of Rage to New Era, you're uh, maybe really a, a, the connoisseur of Streets of Rage 2. And so we're not going to just focus on Streets of Rage or Streets of Rage 2. We'll have, we'll, I, I'm going to throw in some questions about other Sega properties as well. I know maybe that's not your strong suit exactly, but let's see how we go, how it goes. Um, I usually call this the ultimate Sega fan challenge, but let's just call it the ultimate G challenge. Let's see if you are truly worthy of uh, our, uh, the Sega launch seal of approval. Okay, so I have a few questions. I have to get 10 questions. Okay, let's see how many you can get right. Are you ready for this? That's, probably not. Don't don't think about it too much. Probably not. No one is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Question number one. Number one. I think it, these some of these are very easy for you, not for the common Sega fan, the common Streets of Rage fan, but for hardcore fans like yourself. I think these are easy. So, G, can you name three three enemies? in Streets of Rage 2, any enemy. Including bosses? Not including bosses, no. So They're just like normal enemies? Normal, regular enemies. Three. Garcia, Donovan, and uh, Electro are the first three enemies of the game. I can name it, them all if you want. <laughs> I said three, like I should have said like ten or Even then, it would have been easy, right? I think. Yeah, that's correct. That is correct. Well done. Okay. okay. So let's go more specific. <laughs> let's go specific here. Uh, stage four of Streets of Rage 2, the stadium, right? That's like the main name. What's the name of the boss of stage four? It's a bit easy. Stage four. Yeah, Abadid. Are you or sure? Abadid, yeah, some people say Abadidi. 
is a petite. I know what you're you're referring to. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm. And you are correct, of course, of course. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. That's the the name of the boss. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Uh, so you you told me you were, you didn't really grow up with Sega, but let's see if you can identify um, well known Sega properties. Okay. If I give you some hints. Okay. Hmm. So let's go with the specific game. Twenty six years after the previous game in the series was released. This highly acclaimed sequel came out for all modern systems, featuring both classic characters and original ones. It was nominated for Best Action in the 2020 Game Awards. Talking about Streets of Rage 4? I'm, I'm asking you, don't ask me. <laughs> you need to give me an answer. <laughs> Is that your answer? Yes. Streets of Rage 4. Okay, yes, that's it. Very good job. That's the, the correct answer. Let's go with another one. Okay. So question number four. In 1993, Sega released this game for the arcades. It's often cited as being the first fully 3D fighting game released to the general public and the basis for almost all subsequent games in the genre. I have options if you need them, although I don't think you do, judging by the look on your face. I have some, something in mind, but uh, that wasn't for the arcades. Well, it, it probably started on the arcade. Did that game only exist on the arcades? I didn't say that. No. I said I can, can in 1993 it was released for the arcades, but could have been ported later. I can only think of Tekken, but uh, I don't. I think 1993 is too early for that. Okay. But the so, first 3D, first 3D fight. I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you the options. Okay. Uh, yeah. And keep in mind we're, we're talking about Sega. So, three options. Option A, Virtua Fighter. Option B, Fighting Vipers. Option C, Eternal Champions. These are all Sega fighting games. One of these was released in 1993 on the arcades. This is a virtual fighter. So option A, Virtual yes, Fighter. Option a. Yes. Yeah. For sure, or out of the three, the one that For makes sure. more sense. For sure. And it's correct. It's the correct it's, it's answer. The only, it's the only one I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know the other two. <laughs> so the, the other two were not... Um, fighting Vipers was a 3D fighting game. Eternal Champions 2D, the original one. Uh, Virtua Fighter, so Virtua Fighter, uh, was the... It's cited as the first fully 3D fighting game released to the general public. So... Okay, well done. Four for four. We're doing great. Six left. Six questions left. Okay. 
Let's go. Are you at all familiar with the Dreamcast period of games? No. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. So I'm going to, there are options, so don't worry. I'm going to read the question, question number five. This Dreamcast game is considered to be one of the pioneers of its generation for its use of cell-shaded graphics. Gameplay includes both skating and spraying. Okay. Option A, Sonic Shuffle. Option B, Shenmue. Option C, Jet Set Radio. It's option C, Jet Set Radio. Why? Why? Because uh, it came... Uh, I came to uh, know about this game recently on the Sega Heroes game, mobile game. And there okay. was this Jet Set Radio. <laughs> That's okay. where I... Here the game about the game the first time. Shenmue characters were also in Sega Heroes. So are you sure this is not Shenmue? Uh, yeah, Cell because you said skating, skating and spring. Skating and spring. It is. So your spring. answer, your final answer, Jet Set Radio. Yes. And it's correct. Good job. Yes, it's obviously Jet Set Radio. <laughs> okay. Going back to Streets of Rage 2. How familiar... Wait, don't, don't do that yet. Wait. How familiar are you with the music? Not the music itself, but the, the, the names of the songs. Um, I don't, uh, <laughs> sometimes I, I forget the names of, of them. Okay. Let's see. Okay. So I'm going, I'm going to give you options and you tell me if this is, so maybe I don't uh, which options, one of these are, let's... no. Okay. Okay. So uh, if you don't need options, that let's do it a, a different way. So let's start easy. Sage number one. Right? What's the first track, the first song in stage one of Streets of Rage 2? That's right. Okay. You get a point. That's easy. What, what if we go a little bit later in the game? Can you name one of the two songs in stage five? The ship. Yes, yes. Um, slow Moon. One of the two songs? One of the two songs. So there, there are two songs in that levels. There's only that one and the, and the boss one. So that Let's could be one. The, right. Slow the, Moon. You're, you're correct. So Slow Moon, you say, is the one that's not the boss song, mm -hmm. the boss theme. For stage five. Yeah. That is correct. Good job. <laughs> okay. Okay. One more? One more song? Uno One more. Mas. Uno más. Stage seven. Can you name the second song that plays in stage seven? 
I know the name and uh, it's not on my head right now. Should I give you options? I don't think I should, to be honest, but... You shouldn't. I know the name. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. You shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, come on. I hear it every day. Do, Do you know the other one? Do you know the first one? The name of the first one? Just no, out I don't of remember curiosity. the name of the, okay. no, the, the, the first one, I don't know. I don't okay. know the, the second. Okay. So if I give you the name of the first one, it won't help. What is the name of the first one? If it doesn't help, I'll give you the name. <laughs> Yeah, if it helps, I won't. No, I'm, I'm kidding. So the first song is Back to the Industry. Oh, right. Yeah, I know that. But we want the second one. Everyone will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it. For not knowing the name of the song, I don't think that's, that's really a problem, to be honest. <laughs> With all the work you've done. It's one, of, it's one of the most famous ones. Probably, probably, yeah. Probably as an interesting title, I will say that. And it's, and it's. I know that it's one word. Unique. It is. But the word. It's not. Is it's not dreamer, for example, which is very famous I, one as well. It's not uh, dreamer, and it's one word as well, which means I think. There's only one other song with just one word in the title. You need a hint. So I'm, I'm going to need an answer. I, I can't give you I any just other hints here. No. A hint. A hint. What the word has... Uh, um, what what uh, does it about, start it's with? It's about... It could the, the, be about... The first letter. It's about like... Growing, increasing in size. Um, uh, I don't know. Mm. Someone, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <But> it's uh, a. <laughs> it starts with an E. I'm growing soft. I'm giving hints. Listeners will be like, "Casey's gone soft." Starts with an E. Yeah. No idea? Should I give you the answer? Yeah, yeah, and then I will cry in in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) Expander. Expander is the. Ah, X. You said. I said it's EX. EX. Expander. That's the name of the society. Expander. Like. E, you mean. Growing. A. E X. Yes. E in Portuguese. Yeah. (laughs) So expander is the name of the song. But no worries. Amazing so far. So I don't think anyone will blame you for this. Uh, Except me. (laughs) Except yourself. Okay. Okay. So you need to study up on on Streets of Rage songs. Okay. So final two questions. Number nine. Let's go back to Sega properties. Okay. Uh, let's go a little bit more modern. Okay, the latest installment in a popular Sega series 
this game features a brand new style of gameplay, switching from real-time to turn-based fighting, and a new protagonist called Ichiban Kasuga. It was nominated for Best RPG in the 2020 Game Awards. If you need options, I can give them to you. Yeah, even with options, I... Even with options. So it's it's like... It's a long-running Sega series, modern Sega series, but this particular game switched from real-time to turn-based fighting, so a a turn-based RPG. The options are Yakuza Like a Dragon, option A, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, option B, I'm doing two, but it's B, okay. Option C, Persona 5 Royal. So Yakuza Like a Dragon, 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, or Persona 5 Royal are the three options. Are they all RPGs? They are all RPGs. That makes All sense. of these games are RPGs. Uh, but one of them is part of a series that was not didn't feature RPGs. So before the series was like an open world action game. And this particular game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Think about about the the titles. The titles Yakuza Like a Dragon, Certain Sentinels, Aegis Rim, Persona 5 Royal. Which of these? I go to option A. Option A. So Yakuza like a dragon. Why? Because Yakuza is the only name that uh, tells me something. The Yakuza themselves or the game? <laughs> the game. The game. Okay. Yeah, so your that, option... that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. It it should be. It's a, a fairly well-known uh, series. Very successful. But let, let me say that uh, RPGs and uh, open space stuff, it's it's really not my kind of game. So it's normal that I don't really know. You wouldn't know. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Your, your answer was Yakuza Like a Dragon. So not Persona 5 Royal. Well done. It's not the correct answer, Persona 5 Royal. Persona uh, is a series of turn-based RPGs. Uh, it's always has been. Thirden Sentinels, Aegis Rim, or Yakuza Like a Dragon? Your answer is... Correct. Yes. Yakuza. The Yakuza series, uh, which will now be known as the Like a Dragon series, closer to the original Japanese name, actually. Um, it w- it's a series of action, like open-world fighting action games, like a closer to a Streets of Rage series, perhaps. Um, but then, like a dragon, Yakuza Like a Dragon was an RPG, a turn-based RPG. So, uh, a new kind of genre for the, the series. So, good job. Good job. Ready for the final question? Let's go. It's a bit intimidating. uh... (laughs) Ooh, nice. That's what I'm going for. Okay. So, have you played uh, Streets of Rage 4? Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Okay. So, 
this is a, a question that I like to answer, to, to, to ask to some of my guests. In stage 10 of Streets of Rich 4, stage called To the Concert, you fight on rooftops, and at one point you can see the clothes of a famous video game character hanging out to dry. Okay, so there's a line, some clothes hanging out to dry. Which character is it? You, you, the, the clothes are iconic. You know the, the character just by looking at the clothes. You mean in the, in the background? In the actual game, in the background, you fight on rooftops, right? I don't remember that specific stage. I, I know other places there are like Shinobi uh, and other mm -hmm. references. Ninja Turtles. There. Mm -hmm. As well. There, the I don't, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. So you'll have to guess, right? So, which character could it be? It is the final question, so had to be a little there bit is. trickier. So, should I give you the answer? Yeah. Okay. So, how about like a famous plumber? Maybe. So, Mario was the correct answer here. Yeah, I think you can see the hat. It came to my mind, but uh, I, I took it. It will never be because it's the, the, the competition, right? <laughs> yeah, it will never be a, a, a Nintendo character there. It's just, it's just a nod. That makes no sense, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't. Just like an Easter egg. Like... Mm. Yeah, there's the not to uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles there. Um, I think Sonic as well, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's like rings somewhere, like drawn somewhere. Mm -hmm. There's uh, uh, the Shinobi reference as well. There are a lot of Easter eggs. I don't know the, them all, but this one is one that I find interesting because it's, as you said, it's not really a Sega character or a property. So, yeah. Cheeky. But good job. Eight correct answers out of ten. I think that's an amazing performance. So, congratulations. Well done. Good job, G. Thanks. And you've proven you, you only missed one of the, like, Streets of Rich 2 uh, answers. It was a very, very hard question. So, good job. You've proven yourself. And you will get the official Sega Launch seal of approval, which I will send you after we're done with the interview. So thank you very much for being such a good sport. Okay, so before we go, you said you keep you are, you know, continuing to work on Streets of Rage 2 New Era. Even didn't mention that, but I know there's been a lot of great response from the community as well. Have you were you surprised with the response? Were you expecting that knowing the community already? Because you've been working with them closely, many people closely. So you were, were you expecting the response that you're getting? Um, the response is better than I, than I anticipated. Um, a lot of uh, good feedback. Um, there are some, there, 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 there are some, some people on the other extreme as well, which is uh, interesting to see. And it's fine. Uh, there are some people that simply don't, uh, don't care for it and it's fine. Um, okay. um what um, but what happens is the the way i see what i achieved so far uh, it's 
it's still a small step for uh, something that can be bigger, like, let's say, like that. Um, because um, what I did here for it was porting the one game, so it's still the same game. And uh, not much more. There's these experimental uh, things that I added there, like this these new game modes, a uh, few few other things that are there. They are more more of like experimental things, and doesn't really add that much in my view. Doesn't really add that much to the game. They are fun, yeah, but uh, it's still it's still the same game, and. Uh, it deserves more, right? Uh, I uh, this was the uh, so there was this initial goal just to port it, right? But uh, the the vision was to be able to uh, have a an engine that I can work on uh, that is much easier to work than the, uh, through hacking of the original games. That started with that, right? Those limitations. I wanted a more familiar uh, base to work on, um, and I'd love to, um, as I, I as I told you before, uh, from past experience, I use it to create a lot of uh, editors for the original game. The engines that I created were. Uh, very complex that would allow you to create a, to a lot of things. So all the work that I've been done, uh, doing all these years are more like for the community. I create engines for other people to create their games. I create editors for other people to um, create their, their mods. Um, and this is all aligned as well with the kind of games that I like, with editors and all that. It's all together, and I, as um, and also I have a very limited time, uh, personal time to work on this, so I can't really really add much content myself. So the plan is that uh, I, from from now on, I want to uh, add the support to Streets of Rage to New Era to. To create your own content, it's a mm -hmm. bit like uh, Streets of Rage remake uh, maker. Streets of Rage maker, they also had that, and I want to create the same here. And I have the experience to I know how to do it. I just need some time to do it. <laughs> but yeah, that's the next step. That's the next step. Okay, that's awesome. Um, one of the things that I found interesting uh, when I first downloaded the the game. Um, was that like the 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 text file you added? There's a, a mentioned there support by sharing, not donating. So you're not taking any donations from the community, right? Uh, and you mentioned it's not a, a a property that belongs to you, so you can't accept donations. But uh, people can support by sharing, so. If I were to ask you, how can people help you in achieving your goals uh, in terms of what you want to do next with Streets of Rage 2, New Era, would sharing be the best way to help? Yes. So first, uh, what you said, um, that um, 
Yeah, the new era so far only uses content from the original ROM. You need to have the original ROM to play, to play a new era. And even the places with white screen where there was a, a lack of art to, to, to fill the, 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 the blanks, right? Even there, I just used art that already exists in the game, even for the menus. So that's that's one reason why the, there isn't much more to see there than the, than the original game. It, it only uses what's in the ROM, and that's because uh, that's for that reason. Uh, first, I, I'm not an artist myself, and then um, uh, I I respect very much the the original game um, and the IP, and I don't want any any problems with that so i mm. it's just that um mm -hmm. but um the what will be the 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 ultimate goal for me with this project the, the ultimate goal will be to have uh sega actually um uh, recognizing the project and picking it up and doing an official re-release of Streets of Rage 2, possibly with uh, new levels, possibly with uh, uh, HD arts. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a lot of possibilities there. We can make a lot of things with, with this engine. Now with the, the engine with modern technology, can do whatever we want. Um, so... And to reach there, uh, yeah, it needs to become, um, more popular. Widespread. Right? So yeah. Widespread. People need to, to hear about it. So mm -hmm. that's why I say sharing is the best way to, to make it, uh, go forward. Excellent. Excellent. A little bit like what, what happened with the Sonic one and two and CD, uh, re-releases. Re right in hd so that's what you're hoping to achieve with with this in the end sega trying to or understanding the need and the the demand for uh, a re-release in better quality with new features of just sor2 or the original th trilogy the the <laughs> or the sor2 to start with <laughs> Okay. You know, if if I had the opportunity to work on this uh, full time myself, mm -hmm. then maybe you could consider the the trial the, the original journal. three games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. That's like uh, my my uh, dream job will be working on this uh, full time all all every day, right? All day. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully, something you can achieve. Absolutely. Excellent, awesome. Yeah. Okay, so uh, every time someone comes on the Sega Lounge, my last question is the same. And uh, are you familiar with the concept of concept of blast processing? Have you ever heard about oh. this? Okay, so, so in the US, Sega marketed not the Mega Drive but the Genesis as having blast processing. Okay, so what exactly is blast processing? Is it a real thing? 
probably not. More like a marketing move and gimmick. Uh, but it that's why the Mega Drive was so much more powerful than the competition, than the Genesis. It had blast processing. So, obviously, blast processing makes things more powerful, faster, amazing. So, my question is, if you could add blast processing, whatever it is, to anything in the world, what would it be and why? Anything. What the hell is blast processing? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's in the name, blast processing. Right. Amazing. Um, I I will say um, climate change. Uh, bas uh, basically, uh, working to to have a, a better world, a world that we can live on, and that's getting difficult now. And that's that's a real concern for me. And I think, yeah, if we could bless process it, like the. the Let's process the transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where I would put it. And that's a very, very good answer. I totally agree. So, G, obviously all the links and important information will be in the show notes and description so people can find um, the project. But where can people reach you? Where can people find the, the game? Uh, if they have, like anything they'd like to suggest or any, what can they do to contribute with their ideas as well? Uh -huh. People can find the project on, on the, on its webpage, which is sornewair.com. Um, and there are the links for the discord channel and for my YouTube. Those are the main ones are the ones I use the most. But I'm also, uh, people can also find me on Twitch. I don't stream, but uh, um, I have an account there and I uh, go to streamers that uh, stream Seeds of Rage. Um, yeah, those are the main ones. I'm also on Twitter, but uh, I just have an account there. I don't really do much, post much, much there. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a Discord as well, right? Yes, there's, there's a Discord channel. Okay. So people can also join and uh, join the community and talk about the project. Yeah. Yeah, they can talk about the project. They can share uh, gameplay videos. When, when there's uh, custom content, people can share their things, can ask for how, how do we do this or that. I will certainly mm -hmm. post their... Uh, um, how to do things. Um, people can also sometimes, yeah, there's also a, um, a channel for finding uh, online games uh, because, yeah, uh, since the game doesn't have that many uh, players, uh, that many users right now, uh, it's the, the multiplayer has these two modes. You, you can find someone random on, on the lobby or you enter a code of a friend and you join. Uh, ideally, if there was a lot of people, they would find someone in the lobby uh, and just match together. Uh, yeah. Since there's there are there aren't there's this channel on the Discord where people uh, can just go there and say, "Hey, I I'd like to play online. Is anyone up for it?" And yeah, people have been 
uh, matching through that uh, mm -hmm. mostly. Um, and sometimes even uh, even uh, because this is something I didn't know that uh, um, Discord has. You can uh, so there's like the channel where you you can speak and uh, I don't remember mm -hmm. now the, the name. But uh, people can also share the screen there, and sometimes there are yeah. some people that go there and share their screen uh, with the game. So they are kind of streaming there and streaming, yeah, playing and talking about the game. It's really fun. Excellent. That's nice. Very good. So all links will be obviously also in the show notes. So for people you know curious about this, and I I will say people should definitely check it out. I I approve even <laughs> so on the cool. Steam Deck. It works properly. So. Very good, very good job here. So people should definitely check it out. Uh, G, thank you very much for for coming on the show, for taking the time to uh, to talk about the your this passion project of yours. Uh, hopefully, thank you for you get the the final result that you really want, and hopefully, you we can chat again sometime soon. Whenever you add new stuff that you're working on, you're more than welcome on the on the show again. Cool, thank that's you. great. Thank Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. You are, you are, uh, it's uh, very nice to talk with you. It's nice and easy. It's very relaxed. Very nice. Thank you. Obrigado. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my chat with G. Soros. I hope you enjoyed it and considered checking out Streets of Rage 2 New Era. Since the time of this recording, a new version of New Era came out, version 2.4.0, which added a slew of options and fixed a bunch of things. Give it a try and let G know I sent you. Pro tip for Steam Deck users, it works great on the handheld system. And with that, it's time to close our doors for the week. Give the tables and chairs a good scrub and get things ready for our next guest. Our next guest will be a true games industry legend and I can't wait for you to listen to our chat. Until then, remember to follow the Sega Lounge on social media and consider subscribing to our email newsletter so you don't miss any news. You can do it by going to thesegalounge.com newsletter. I hope you have a great week, take care, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. The Sega Lounge, hosted by me, KC, and part of Radio Sega's network of live shows and podcasts. Theme song and incidental music by OSC. Find them at opusciencecollective.bandcamp.com. Got any suggestions? Drop me an email to podcast at thesegalounge.com. Find us at The Sega Lounge on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find previous episodes of the show by going to thesegalounge.com and wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.
a Mixed On Productions podcast.